Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rap Party. This is where we dive deeper into Sunday's message. I'm Pastor Ray, and today with me is Pastor Taylor. So, guys. He continued our series this morning, Witness, where he shared about C.S. Lewis. In this series, we're looking at Christians who had impact and influence on our pastors' lives. And these giants in the faith um, are those that we can look to as examples of how to follow Jesus. Pastor Taylor, there's a great message this morning. Uh, thanks for bringing the word to us and really kind of unpacking C.S. Lewis's life. Um, why don't you give us an idea about who he was um, and then a little bit about how he's had impact on you? Yeah, so C.S. Lewis is known, you know, from a literary standpoint, kind of all over the place. You know, like he uh, obviously wrote um, the Chronicles of Narnia and things like that. I'm pretty sure there's even more books to that than actually made into the movies or right. whatever. And then like the space trilogy that when I was reading about it, uh, had different names too. So like just a lot of different stuff, but you know, for me, the thing that fascinates me the most about Lewis is, um, really just his journey to Christ. And then more of his like apologetic work of defending the faith. And I think what makes that so much powerful, I mean, like he was, born at the end of the 1800s, fought in World War One, um, you know, lived a long life, went through a lot of turmoil and pain. But yet, even in the midst of all of that, you know, which is what we talked about today, joy, um, it's just fascinating to me that he started defending what he had rejected for yeah. most of his life. And that's, that's kind of what fascinates me, you know, honestly, more of I've studied more of his life from that perspective than honestly reading a bunch of his books. Mm -hmm. You know, I have read some, but just his journey to faith just fascinates me so much. And then to know, like, we're still living in his legacy today. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. Um, just this idea of him being an apologist and, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that he considered himself a stubborn atheist mm -hmm. uh, and then a reluctant convert. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting to me, too, to see like someone who's like staunchly against Christianity, right. then becoming a Christian and, and being right. so uh, defending of the faith. Right. I think of like Lee Strobel. Yeah. Um, or um, J. Warner Wallace, yeah, Josh, um, McDowell, Josh McDowell. Or, yeah. um, so he's this apologist, and a lot of times when people hear about that, they think like, well, that's for theologians right, to be apologists. Right. But it's important that everybody knows what they believe and why they believe mm -hmm. it. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, so to, to backtrack just a little bit, I didn't share it in the message, but one thing that I found kind of interesting, and I didn't really put much stock into studying it, but... And uh, one of the books I was reading, it kind of noted that back then atheism was more like agnosticism mm. now or what that is now um, right. where, you know, you kind of I always kind of looked at being agnostic was kind of like didn't really know where you landed, mm -hmm. so to speak. And so obviously in today's climate and culture, both of those have a bit different of a definition, but when it comes to apologetics, you know, 
I agree completely. Like I almost think that apologetics is maybe a lost art of mm. Christianity. Um, because how often do you get asked, you probably get asked why you believe what you believe more than being asked to explain what you believe. Right. You know what I mean? And so, which that, that is, both of those are a part of apologetics, but like, you know, the, in first Peter, which is kind of the key scripture of apologetics, you know, uh, I think it's five or three, three fifteen. like to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is within mm-hmm. you. Um, I don't know that many people know that verse, right? You know what I mean? And, and when it comes to our faith, and, and like I shared in the second service about the little plaque that's in a teacher's classroom that I teach in, is like we can't accept Jesus publicly but live for him privately. Yeah. And and that's really what it is. Is like the joy that is inside of us because of what we have in Christ, we shouldn't keep to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that that's kind of a lost art of this Christianity is, is that like we should be – you know, like Isaiah says, like a fire showed up in our bones, so to speak. Yeah. I'm not going to keep it in. Like, And I know that's a work in progress for me, too. Um, you know, I don't like it's, it's I don't not like it, but it's uncomfortable at times to just strike up a conversation mm-hmm. with someone you don't know or you're not right. comfortable with or anything like that. So, right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I think of, uh, to the scripture, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right. you know? Right. And so there's this thing. And then there's also the, the point where a lot of people who don't believe they have a misunderstanding of what mm-hmm. Christianity is. Right. So just even being able to, um, explain what mm-hmm. Christianity is, maybe they've had, um, church hurt or mm-hmm. maybe, um, someone who says they're Christian treated yeah. them badly. Um, but being, um, being firm in your faith and knowing what you believe and being able to share that with people can break down these misconceptions. Right. Absolutely. Um, you spoke about joy a little bit mm-hmm. um, just a moment ago, right. but that was a main focus for your message this morning. Right. And on a certain level, I can um, connect and relate to C.S. Lewis because you talked about um, this longing that he experienced throughout his life uh, that he just couldn't put his finger on. Um, and this feeling he, he found out was joy. Um, there's a phrase that you used a misconception of joy. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think um, the misconception is that we think that like joy and happiness is one and the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I had this in my notes. I didn't share it either service, but if you type in joy on like Bible gateway or something, it actually pulls up over 200 references in scripture where joy is used. Now that could be, like where it uses rejoice or something like that, like a wordplay. But when you Google it, it talks about how joy is used 150 times in just the Old Testament. And, you know, you know, maybe a hundred more times in the New Testament, but the first 23 times that it's used in the New Testament is completely directed towards your emotion. And so we are emotional beings. Like God created us emotional with emotions. And, a lot of times we group joy and happiness as one and the same. And which, you know, if you've lived life at any point, you know that they don't really at all go the same way. Right. Like, you know, I can go home and, you know, do something that really frustrates me. And I would tell you, I have no happiness in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm frustrated. It's all. 
derived from uh, it's all derived from a circumstance. Like Shelby and I were even arguing about it yesterday, you know, watching the Alabama football game and how frustrating it was. And like, she was like, why are you in a bad mood? It's like, well, I'm not happy right now. You know, like it's completely dictated by the circumstance that you're feeling, but joy being tied to eternity um, and tied to Jesus, then we can still have joy in the midst of pain and in the midst of suffering. And I think C.S. Lewis experienced that through what he experienced with World War One. You know, like with you know, I, I imagine any soldier experiencing that in any type of war. You know, yeah. but if you think about kind of, you know, in that that time period where you're just buried in these trenches for days at a time with little food and all this stuff not knowing what's going to happen and then seeing friends die and all this stuff. But yet he still felt this longing for joy through those, through the death of his mom, through the death of his wife. Even we didn't even talk about that, but like he really struggled when his wife passed away and through grief, but yet joy is what kept him going. Joy is eternal. Happiness is circumstantial. And I think if we understand that, then we're able to really, that's not saying that life isn't going to really hurt sometimes. And it may take a long time to get through that hurt. But when we have the joy of the Lord on our side, that we actually operate from strength, not weakness. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, just to kind of bring it back a little bit to first Peter three fifteen. 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked it up earlier because that, that scripture really came to my mind as well. Um, but it says in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord, Christ, the Lord is holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. Um, and this hope um, that we have, it's, it's the, it's like what you mentioned in your message. Jesus saw beyond the cross uh, for the joy that was set before him. And you just mentioned it a moment ago too. True joy is connected to eternity. So let's kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, you even mentioned Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Um, but he went to the cross anyway, and it was because of the joy set before us. Um, and part of that joy was anyone who would believe in him. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think starting in the Garden, you know, I we don't know what the days building up to that was for Jesus. Um my favorite way to look at it, and I think it's either in the Gospel of John or the Gospel of Luke, where it explains that when he sits down with his disciples, he basically opens up that whole discussion saying, I've, you know, really looked forward to this moment with mm-hmm. you. And that whole thing is baffling to me because, like, he obviously knew what was coming. Like, this was, like, hours away from him being arrested even. And it was right after that was when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he's stressed to the max, you know, sweating what's drops of blood and asking God to take it away three times. And then, you know, we know what happens after Mm -hmm. that. Like literally it was just like pain above pain on top of pain from the beatings he took to witnessing Peter deny him to seeing all the disciples run away there in the garden to, you know, the, the, the cat of nine tails to being nailed on the cross, like just pain upon pain. But yet he just kept going. Right. And, and that's just what really 
anytime I have doubt, anytime I'm struggling, I always try to take my mind there because every time I think about it, it gives me the same emotion. Mm -hmm. Like, thank God that he went through with that. Yeah. And, and from that perspective of like, you know, he saw us, like he saw me in the midst of my struggles. He saw me in the midst of my hangups and still thought I was worth it. Still, still felt that I brought him joy. And so, you know, that's just kind of my perspective right. on it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks again for being so faithful to the word and uh, for sharing what you've learned about C.S. Lewis's life yeah. and, and really unpacking uh, the impact he's had uh, on so many, so many yeah. people, believers and non-believers even. Uh, for you guys listening, thanks for tuning in. We love you and we're praying for you. Tune in next week as we continue our Witness series. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.